Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of The Only Podcast. I'm your co-host, Austin Smith. I'm joined, as always, by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and John underscore Kirby. You can also follow the mothership at The Only Colors, and I hope you are all having as good a day today as Tom Izzo did when he went on Judge Mathis. That was... I woke up and I said, what will be the weirdest thing I see? <laughs> and this was weirder. This was it. This was it. I, I really enjoyed it. A I, lot. Go, I go to the Twitter.com for a lot of things. But weirdness is number one. Yeah. I and think. Was it disappointing? This was good. I, we got several really good things out of it. We got some phenomenal Izzo screen caps. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pictures of him just laughing mm-hmm. hysterically in the background were I mean, that was worth as much as anything. Also, some fun facts in that Judge Mathis's yeah. uh, daughter was a student assistant. Sure. Love that. Yeah. I wonder if this was a long con by Izzo. Literally, like, he's been playing up to this moment for, like, years. <laughs> this is the celebrity, Like, this though? is the one. Like, he's just always loved Judge Mathis. <laughs> Judge Judy? Nah. No. We're in Pass. for Judge, Judge Mathis, so. So where's, the, where's it filmed? It must be New York somewhere. I mean, okay. I would imagine out near Piscataway. I don't know. Where did he fit his time in? I, it was recorded a long time ago. Oh, was it? Oh, was okay, so years? it's not in New York. It's... Judge Mathis doesn't do things live. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know these things. I also thought uh, it was pretty pretty awesome that uh, Coach Mike Garland was sitting next to him. Yep. Killing the short sleeve button down game. Don't know if you saw that. No, I didn't. Rocking those know. sleeves up real high. Showing the guns off. I love Coach Garland. That was a uh, tremendous theater. It was good stuff, man. All the way around. I was... I enjoyed that. And I will tell you something. Uh, we're going to dive right in here. We're going to start with hoops because yep. it's hoop season. Um, I enjoyed that much more than I enjoyed one of the two games that have happened since the last time we spoke here. Well, how about we so, talk about the one we liked? Yeah, we're going to start with the good. Early, it was a while back. Not a yeah. while back, but it was more. more uh, a few days ago. Yeah. So the first game was uh, Michigan State took on Nebraska and. Uh, Whooped them pretty good, eighty six fifty seven. I mean, it was it was nice to see you know coming off of that uh, that huge win against Notre Dame. No um, letdown. No letdown whatsoever, and I, you know it speaks to a lot of different things, including the depth and just like the drive that this team has. But John, we got some good, we got some bad. What did you uh, What did you like about this one? I loved how incredibly balanced. I looked at the box score and I was like, oh wow, 
Um, <laughs> all five starters finished with uh, eight points or higher. And, you know, so Langford, come on, man. Josh. He almost did it. Uh, but I was like, th- that's incredible. And that's it. that's what every coach would dream of, right? Yeah. Where everyone is just contributing equally. And as thrilled. Thrilled up and down with the whole box score. Yeah, that was a fun game to watch. I mean, I thought you saw a lot out of the starters in that one, actually. You let the starters go for quite a while in that game. Um, it's important to let them gel, too. We talk, we've talked last week about how you know important it was to get um, younger guys minutes and get some weird lineups out there and let them, mm. you know, to let them get some, some um, time perhaps in odd situations and crucial games. Mm-hmm. And you saw that a little bit in this one though. He did go weird. The weird lineup yeah. was putting McQuaid in there yep. basically as the one with the other starters. I don't like Izzo. I think he's, he's got to have a bomb shelter in his backyard somewhere. Just, and the reason I say that is because he prepares for the absolute worst well, At all turns, which I love about him, yeah. and the fact that you—I mean—it makes sense because this team does not really have, mm-hmm. you know, if God forbid one of the two point guards did go down, there's really no third option. Well, let's talk, let's talk about why maybe why he is the way he is, especially now, because it's always been. But when you go through the PTSD of last right. year's front court, uh, right? He will never, ever, ever, ever let that happen no he absolutely won't we've talked about it before with like just the way he recruits and the way that he takes these preferred walk-ons and and you know is kind of clearly stockpiling for the future to protect against that. doomsday exactly again this is his bomb shelter yeah his bench is his bomb shelter um <laughs> but McQuaid, you know didn't look all that natural at point guard he had to run that in a pinch last year Remember, yeah, and the year did. before hey really behind denzel well he was yeah basically the backup point guard him and tum but um you know, I I wonder how much that foot is holding him back because he just didn't look like he was being too aggressive. And everybody knows my stance on McQuaid. I'm not a big McQuaid guy. But I do give him the benefit of the doubt because he's uh, – Putting a weird spot. Well, we kind of need him. I mean, like he's – at this point, he has to play. Mm-hmm. Like regardless of whether he can hit threes, which right now he's hitting under 30%. Yep. Um, yep. And he is – you know, he's a capable wing defender. I actually have sort of come to the to the – I think finally, like two plus years into his career, I've moved on from that first Kansas game. Yeah, where he no, just it took went... a while, right? Same here. I keep holding on to this thing, and then like he sugared it, or you know that that little uh, DePaul game, right? Which I slept through, which might be why I'm out. Uh, yeah, but I, I just think with him, it's like he. Is, I think at this point, honestly, he should be treated the same way as Michigan State fans in terms of expectations, look at Tom Tom. And I really don't think that that's overstating the problem. Yeah, I really don't. Because, I mean, he's a more willing shooter than Tom Tom. And if anything, I would like to see Tom with some of that same aggressiveness. So at least, at the very least, you have to have a guy close out on you. Yeah. That I mean, a- with McQuaid at this point, it's like, you want to leave him wide open Okay. Fine. I mean, you let your guys take. Even if Tum takes a wide open three, you're not going to get mad about it. Like these guys are collegiate basketball players. You expect them to take and make wide open shots. But like McQuaid at this point, offensively, he they're kind of the same player. Defensively, I don't know that he's as dynamic as Tum Tum, but he is a capable wing defender. Mm-hmm. So at this We've point, you know, here. I kind of got put in my place <laughs> on Twitter by a couple people when I when I ripped on him. So uh, you know, shouts out. So uh, to all of you guys, so, some good stuff from Ward 
uh, in the Nebraska game. He played limited minutes, uh, foul trouble late in minutes. He had like 18 minutes, didn't he? Something 16. Like 16. And he went 22.7 rebounds, 3 blocks, 10 of 13 from the free throw line, which is as important not for the reason you think, not because he was making his free throws, but he's getting fouled, which means you're making right. an already deep front court even stronger by thinning out um, someone else's front court. Yeah, but and obviously he's, makes her great too. He's had a gift for that mm-hmm. since since last year. And one of the things you may bring up a good point with the free throw percentage. Uh, talk about a reversal from last year. This team is uh, it's only we're only shooting seventy two percent as a team, which doesn't sound amazing, but like yeah. if you look at the top. One, two, three, four, five, six in terms of points per game, guys. You got Nick Ward shooting 68%, which honestly, I'm not complaining at this point. Everybody else is shooting 80 plus percent from the line. I mean, you talked last year so much about between the turnovers and the difficulty getting easy baskets down low and the missed free throws about just leaving points on the floor that you can't afford to do. This team... Still turns the ball over more than anybody would like to see. They yep. only had a handful of turnovers against Nebraska, which was nice. great. Yep. But they're, they're not leaving many points on the floor when it comes to free throws, which is uh, – and they're not leaving many points on the board when it comes to making easy baskets or getting easy looks down low either. So, I mean, I think just in the final scores of games, you're seeing the results of that right off the bat. Yep. So, Nick Ward deserves some serious credit for for stepping that part of his game up. Um, so – not not a ton of bad. I guess the only eye raising, eyebrow raising thing that I saw in the box score was the offensive and defensive three point percentage. You know, in this game, um, you know, it wasn't necessary. But when a team shoots forty six percent from threes, ten of twenty two, that's a lot. You know, it's a, it's a handful. Mm-hmm. And when you are shooting five of nineteen, didn't matter. But you're like, yeah. Oh, well, it's okay. one of those games where it's like if you're playing a team that's shooting it's better. Capable. A, a more capable team than Nebraska. Right. Yeah. Although. It, but let's talk about the two point, the reason that we won so comfortably is because this team is so dominant at defending two point baskets. Yeah. It's becoming the overarching theme of this team is just how difficult they are to score on inside the three point line. It's it's crazy. You know, this team, I, I they will break the, the, <laughs> The school record for blocks, probably with uh, many games to come. Yeah, halfway through the season. Right? Like, this is just unreal. So, um, uh, we'll move on to the Rutgers game, but one quick weird thing I thought was funny. Um, so, uh, after the game, Tim Miles, head coach in Nebraska, admitted that he was uh, flummoxed throughout the <laughs> game as Tom Izzo kept screaming Miles uh, at Bridges, <laughs> and Tim kept thinking he was being yelled at by Izzo. That's a phenomenal mind game for Tom to play. That's just season, that's just a veteran coach. So <laughs> I think the learning here is to continue to just yell the opposing coaches. I, <laughs> so student section? Just pick someone. If you're out there, just I start would, screaming. It would mess with my head. I'm like, what? Who? Why? Austin, where are you? What do you need? <laughs> what have I done? So um, that... I love that. It's a thing we should start doing. So... Less fun game took place on Tuesday night. Piscataway. In lovely Piscataway, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, MSU went on the road uh, and ended up beating Rutgers by 10 points on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a macro sense, it's tough to get mad about winning a road game in the Big Ten by by 10 days. points. Yep. But um, it was a frustrating game on a variety of levels for MSU fans. Uh, 
uh, I guess we should probably start with kind of, kind of the kind of the bad, and then we'll we'll All get right, back. Because I got to a lot good. of good to take away. No, so. we have a lot of good, but I think we should talk talk about like the big issues that everybody kind of had coming out of this game. The first was. Um, just the lack of offensive execution all around. I mean, I think this was the first game, to, truth be told, where Miles Bridges was far and away the best player for Michigan State. Oh, yeah. I mean, he had bucket after bucket that came in big moments that stemmed some serious uh, Rutgers tides and helped push the lead out to, you know, a comfortable place where, you know, Rutgers would get hot and make a couple baskets randomly in there. And if they didn't have Miles to kind of bail him out with some threes mm-hmm. – um, and some other, you know, nice little drives. And he made a couple of nice little floaters throughout the game. You know, this was a night they really needed him. There were other players that stepped up and played really well, but, um, this was a great night for miles, but the rest, I mean, Josh Langford, I loved seeing his aggressiveness, but he went six of 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaron Jackson was a dominant defensively at eight blocks, set mm-hmm. the Michigan state single game record, which is insane. Um, and a lot of them he didn't even leave his feet for. Tying Ken Johnson. Ken Johnson. Ah, uh, yes. Everybody remembers Ken. <laughs> San Diego State. Of course. Um, mentioning. Yes, everybody remembers Ken Johnson. Uh, <laughs> if out. you can send me a picture of Ken Johnson or, like, quote anything about him, I would I will be so impressed. Also, shouts out if Ken Johnson's listening. Can I get an autograph, bro? Oh, Ken, if you are listening to this, I... I have an incredible amount of respect for you, but also question how you spend your free time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, you know, it, the the downside for the I just think the offensive execution kind of lacked. Um, you once again saw a lot of guys being passive with their shot, and also the defensive effort from a couple guys, namely Cassius Winston and the one everybody wants to talk about, uh, Nick Ward was was troubling to see. Now I, Nick Ward is the obvious the obvious topic coming out of this game. Um, I apologize to everybody. I got a little bit carried away probably uh, on Twitter. Uh, just, just, I, you know, I was you. just jumping into all the conspiracy theories and, and, you know, tried to read the body language and all that stuff and just got a little, a little caught up. But, uh, you know, it's, it's frustrating to see that, that type of, that lack of response, like, and Nick Ward knows he's the best big on this team. Tom Izzo knows Nick Ward is the best big man on his mm-hmm. team. Anybody who watches it, he's one of the most effective big men in the front court. And I, in the front court on Michigan State in the country. Um, and you can see why he'd get frustrated. But, you know, Izzo said after the game, and if you didn't see it, he played like 12 minutes in the game, one minute in the second half. Mm-hmm. Izzo said at, after the game that at halftime he challenged Cassius and Nick Ward saying he didn't like their defensive effort. And, understandably, they're tied at 26 against Rutgers. Like, this is a team, you've been waxing teams, mm-hmm. good teams. This is not a team you should be struggling with. And they responded, you know, Cassius played seven or eight minutes, made some huge threes down the stretch, but mm-hmm. um, Ward basically checked in about halfway through the second half, got a foul, and came out. Never went back in the game. Um And after the game, he said he was frustrated. He was open with the media, saying that he was... He's like, have you seen another guy score more than eight points on me? Uh, and and things of that nature. And you can understand his frustration, but, um, you know, what did, what did you take away from that? Because I've been talking for a while. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll give you my final take. Uh, I think there, it's, it's really, really hard for me to, or anyone, to form really 
fruitful opinions on relationships and situations that we get to see two hours of, twice a week. Everyone will say, you know, I, I openly said there's a double standard for Nick Ward. And that, that can't be disputed. Tom Izzo would admit as such. And, you know, I think there's an old adage, if the coach stops yelling at you, then you're doing something wrong. True. Because they don't care about you anymore. So that said, uh, there's a double standard. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. I, th- I in la- last night in the heat of the moment, was framing it as a bad thing. Now, Izzo knows these players better than I ever could. This kid is also 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Asking a kid to have a... a to, to have a double standard be put against him um, and then couple that with the double standard that, and, and I'm not blame refs guy, but you can see that just because of how strong and big he is, he has to get fouled that much harder. Mm-hmm. That's frustrating. That's frustrating. When you get called for fouls for, for um, contact half as strong as when you are struck, that's frustrating. And you're 19, that's really frustrating. You add all that up, and then you ask someone a question afterward, I get it, man. So I, I guess I don't, there's no hot take here. It's just, I get it. It's a double yeah. standard and um, hopefully it works out. I mean, Izzo's frustration clearly comes from the fact that he knows how good Nick Ward is. Yeah. There is no question. He wouldn't have recruited him in the first place if he didn't see this in him. Mm-hmm. And you saw it time and time again. How many games did Nick Ward win for an undermanned MSU team last year? He was put in a position Handfuls. that... You, he should not have been put in. As a true freshman, people thought he was going to redshirt last well, year. He ended up being the only guy over 6'7 on well, the team. He may. He. It's funny that we talk about that. I think we've talked about it before. This is a kid that may have redshirted if Gavin and Ben Carter yeah, didn't get hurt. Yeah, very possible. I, I mean, the, the, the depth, I don't know. We don't have to talk about that hypothetical. But but it was a possibility. He, it's on the table. He he bloomed in front of our eyes. And, um, and, and I think Tom thinks that there's a lot more potential to be tapped. Yeah, and I think I understand Ward getting frustrated because, you know, last year this happened too, where you're like, where is Nick Ward? He got pulled for long stretches. Um, this is ultimately a teaching tactic. There's mm-hmm. no question about it. Izzo doesn't do things that aren't calculated. But um, as a fan, it's frustrating because, you know, this this all it felt like it almost cost him the game trying to teach this lesson mm-hmm. and this is a season and this is my own this is my only gripe i'm just airing some fan grievances, grievances. this is my uh yeah this is this is my little grievance time but um it's frustrating sometimes with izzo because he he wants to win another national championship there's no question about it it's what he lives and breathes for but these are the types of games and these are the types of situations where if you lose at Rutgers, mm-hmm. that's not a good loss. I don't care how Rutgers – I mean, Rutgers is not going to end up being anything more than maybe like a, hey, they're the in the third team of waves out uh, you know, yeah. type of tournament team. This is the type of win that keeps – your type of loss you know, that keeps you from getting a one seed. And that's the type of loss that, you know, again, you've seen Izzo do it time and time again where this his seven seed goes to you know the final four and all this miracle stuff. But like – you you hate to see in this moment twofold two things happen. You hate to see a coach be willing to kind of piss that away uh, over teaching a lesson, which you know you put yourself you, putting yourself a step back just to teach a lesson. 
I mean, I get it sometimes, but like th- with this year, with what you've got, it's it's a big risk. And then the other thing is, I would hate to see this fester. Now, again, this is something you and I have no insight into. Nobody besides the people in that locker room does. Mm-hmm. But this isn't the first time the Nick Ward's gotten frustrated. This isn't the first time that his play, uh, you know, his sporadic play has come up. Um, this team is good enough to win a national championship. The expectations are high for good reason. Mm-hmm. And this guy is a massive part of it. To risk putting him into this foul mood and to fester, like I get he's got to grow up. Mm-hmm. You got to grow up and you got to take responsibility and fix the things instead of pouting. But I think there's a there's two sides to that coin where it's, you know, y- you want to get some tick too. And I, I guess I see it from both sides. And I my worry as, a, as an over-worried fan is that you're putting an awful lot at risk yeah. to, to prove a point. Now, all of that said, I will caveat with like, it's Tom Izzo. So like at the end of the day, I trust whatever he's doing. But like those are the thoughts that are running through your head when you're sitting there watching this team struggle to beat Rutgers. Do you remember a kid named Renardo Sidney at Mississippi State? I do. He's out of control. Yeah. Terrible mistakes. Pouted. Never learned. This isn't a comparison to Nick Ward, but this is who he, this kid was. And his coach had no control over him or the team. And let him play through it. Never learned anything. They didn't make the tournament. And he kept trying to ride this kid's talent through all of his shortcomings just to make the tournament. Because he felt he didn't have a choice. Right. Well, didn't work out. And I'm not saying that's the season. It's not apples to apples. No, because Izzo's in the other side of that. Izzo has all the options in the world. Mm-hmm. But, and sorry, go ahead. No, and I think there's 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 an opportunity here, and I kind of uh, I, I try I tried to explain it, gave you a little uh, lead and a little foreshadowing how this can all be fixed immediately. You when I talked about how there's a double standard for him, both from a coaching standpoint and from a refereeing standpoint. The fastest way to gain someone back is to show that you have their back and, and we'll take, we'll take a hit for it. The fastest way Tom Izzo wins Nick Ward back, if he's even lost it all, next time Nick Ward gets fouled too hard, Tom Izzo goes berserk. Yeah. Against not a Ted Valentine, who he'll see later, against, against a, a referee that you might see in a lower tier game, like against Southern Utah. Mm Mm-hmm. And just goes nuts on him. And Nick Ward will see, oh, he does <laughs> care about me. Yeah. Publicly. Everyone sees it. In fact, Coach kind of went nuts. That's immediately how you win something. Yeah. And, and Izzo's no fool. And again, I, I'm just saying what I think people at home were probably feeling when they were watching this game. Uh, at the end of the day, I trust Izzo and I, I would not be surprised. So that kind of leads us, ties us nicely in here to uh, Southern Utah. I will say one more thing about, mm-hmm. about this game. And I think this may factor into this whole situation, but this was their sixth game in two weeks. It's a lot. That's a lot. And that's, that's three games in Oregon. Mm-hmm. That's long way away. a long ways. And then a game back in East Lansing. And yeah. now you're going out to New York. You're talking New Jersey. You're talking about spanning the whole country in the matter of two weeks. And two top 10 teams. Two top 10 teams. In there, late night games, you know, time zone changes. I mean, th- these guys have been grinding, and they have. This was their closest win, and it was a ten point win on the road. I mean, that's that is 
that is impressive. Yeah. And I think you're right. You know, again, you want to talk about Nick Ward being good. You saw it the game before in only 16 minutes, he went bananas. Now spinning that forward to this game against Southern Utah, this is typically the type of game that you want to use to to play the weird lineups that we saw mm-hmm. uh, against Rutgers. You're going to see probably more of the Kenny Goins, mm-hmm. more of the you know. We had 19 of, minutes. Played a ton. Rutgers. Played a ton <laughs> against like, Rutgers. It's like wow, so much for dipping your toe back in. Yeah, buddy. Um, you probably are still going to see a ton of that, but I will be shocked, shocked. If you do not see Nick Ward get the ball like the first five times down the floor, yeah. I think Coach. I think you're absolutely right. He is going to go. He's going to prove to his guy that he's got his back. And players will have Nick Ward. And the player, of course, give him the ball, right? Give him hundred percent. Get him the ball. Get this guy going again. We, I think everybody understands, and I'm sure there's a discussion being had that there is just too much on the line. Yeah. To for everybody, a not to be on their A game, and for B to let little stuff fester. Like, I'm confident that they'll get over that. And, uh, and and you know what? Austin, this is a great opportunity to do it. It is, and you know what, Austin? Let's not get caught up. Take take a peek every night. I know we get really we we look at our team a lot. Take a peek at the box scores around the country. Every morning, wake up, do an ESPN scoreboard alert. Look at everyone. Mm-hmm. You're gonna find some things that are gonna make you go, "Oh wow, Notre Dame lost to Ball State last at night at home." Oh yeah, that's a thing, guys. That happens. That happens to top five teams. Mm-hmm. It happened. Oh wow, Florida dropped one by 25 at home last night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that happened. That yeah. team that played so well against Duke. Yeah. So it's really easy well, for us to. And Nebraska. Nebraska just who got trampled by us. Yeah. Goes and takes down Minnesota. Yeah, I mean number that's, twelve Minnesota. That's your. That's what. I don't think Nebraska and Rutgers are all that much different. I think Nebraska is probably a better team, but I don't think it's like a demonstrably better team. No. Minnesota's a top 15 team. Minnesota's got Reggie Lynch and uh, who's the, Jordan, Jordan Murphy Jordan going Murphy's absolutely stunned. bananas. They've got hu- a huge front court. Nate Mason. Cote. That Nate Ma- no, it's the – I think it is – no, it's, they have that little point guard though. Um, but, I mean, this is a good team. Minnesota's a top 10, top 15 team. And they went on the road to a team that you just saw Michigan State beat by 30 points. And they lost. I mean, this type of stuff happens every co- night around the college, country. That's why we love college yeah, and so let's not get so like caught up right. in our in our. It's at the end of the day, if you want to spin it, we get caught up in these things with this team because everybody knows everybody knows what the ceiling is, and so it's easy to let these little like last year. If some little argument happened, people would be like, you know what, just win the game. This mm-hmm. year, it's like you win the game by ten on the road, and I'm sitting here losing my mind because like Nick Ward world. only played twelve minutes. That's yeah. an amazing problem. To no, have. it is. And at so the end of the day, it's a great problem. To it's have. Context. It is context. So, hoops, we got uh, Saturday, Southern Utah Thunderbirds come in. Mm-hmm. I mentioned, it's like I always say, do I always say it? It's what you do against the Southern Utah Thunderbirds. It is true. He does say that a lot. And if you can't do it against them, then what's the point? What's the point? Just send everybody home. <sighs> hoops, it's my favorite. Yep. It's and exhausting. <laughs> it, yeah, it's quite the roller coaster. But so, the nice thing here, I'm sure for the, the fellas of the, that are playing on this team, of all are, are just really looking forward a to you know getting to play a team at home that you should be mm-hmm. and then b they got a week off between week this off. game and the 16th now i don't know if that's finals week but regardless maybe it's more taxing on your mind but it's less taxing on the body and go. that's a big deal yeah so and then you got a week and then you go down to detroit and play oakland at lca if fun i remember game. correctly that's fun gonna be fun head. um 
So if you're in the Metro Detroit area, you should go. We'll talk more about that game. Next yeah, time. we'll get into that. But that's they get that week off, and I think I think that's going to do this team a world of good at this point. So basketball, obviously, we are we are in the midst, but uh, we got some football to talk to. Yeah, man, some things happened. Some things happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we we uh, were picked to play in a bowl. Hey. Which is something we couldn't say. Like. After a year off, Michigan State is back in the bull picture. We got something to do next month. I know. That's cool. Or this month, I'm sorry. This month, yeah. yeah it's... Ooh. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> so the problem with that is yeah. we were feeling maybe we got snubbed. Yeah, so the game that Michigan State is playing in, by this point everybody knows, is the uh, San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Yeah. Pretty sure I got that right. If, um, if you can't get up for San Diego, in San Diego, right, <laughs> beautiful San Diego, uh, against the which what a weird sponsorship. Yeah, like, like that's such a local thing. I can't go be a. I don't want to be a part of. What am I? Gonna can do? I? What am I gonna do with that? Can we do anything? No, like like legitimately. I think could I join that credit? My, uh, MSU credit. MSU, MSU FCU. FCU. My mom still uses that. Pretty sure I'm locked shouts in. Out to life. My, shouts out to my mom. Um, we should give shout out <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. Moving on from the sponsorship. Yeah. Exciting matchup. Yeah. The uh, Mike Leach. That led, was, uh, man, talk about Washington two, State Cougars. Talk about two different press conferences. Man. You got you got straight edge. I mean. Straight and narrow Mark D'Antonio who doesn't want to talk about anything that he doesn't yeah. have to. And Mike Leach talking about what it really feels like. The today. pirate. Whatever. He's a pirate. He loves pirates. I love him. Yeah, I think he's great. I uh, I enjoy Mike Leach very, very much. I do not enjoy necessarily the team he's bringing to the like table here. I don't like to play here. his team. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm like... not looking forward to that. Again, we're going to get into this as we get closer. We're going to start yeah. breaking down some bulls a little more. Um, but just in terms of the, the basics, Washington State, really good pass defense, love to throw the ball, good quarterback, and Luke Falk. So the matchup is a little tougher. But what we want to talk about here today is how everybody there there was a sense among Michigan State that uh maybe MSU got snubbed by the Outback Bowl mm. uh which is technically higher I believe on the hierarchy of uh Big 10 bowls mm-hmm. um they selected the Michigan Wolverines they to did. take on South Carolina uh choosing them over MSU despite MSU having the better record and the head to head um some people got pretty mad. Really mad online about it. Like, mad online. But, um, hey, a couple things. Let's focus on, A, amazing matchup against Washington State. The um, better matchup. South Carolina, better. not ranked. No. Washington the State, The much better ranked. matchup. Number two, um, I'd, I'd argue, this is not a uh, Northwestern podcast, but I would say maybe they got snubbed. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. You brought this up before the podcast, but I honestly, the, a lot of people obviously in our purview are concentrating on the Michigan Michigan State aspect of this. If anything, Northwestern's got the real gripe. Yeah, man, they went not, they have the same record as uh, Michigan State, 9-3. and three. Better than Michigan. They're better than Michigan. They're ranked. Well, so the record's better. The record's the ranking's better. better. Their ranking's better. And um, so... Without it, they probably weren't even thinking of themselves Michigan at all. No. Okay. And then they're like, oh, okay, wait, what? They Northwestern fans that I've talked to, they're like, no, 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 dude. You didn't get snubbed by Michigan. 
we got snubbed by Michigan and Michigan State. <laughs> we beat you head to head. It's true. Same record. Better record than Michigan. And we have a and beat Michigan State head to head. You know, same record. And all I get to say is like, oh yeah, but we had better. Win. You know, it's like no, I don't get to say that. But not really. Head to head. Well, they beat no. us, and they. I mean, they won nine games. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm with you. At the end of the day, this was the. Um, you just forget about that. But it's the same argument for Michigan that Michigan over Michigan State that it is for Michigan State over or Northwestern. I think that's we, why we don't get to do it. So here's what we get to say: <laughs> like, like, I personally think that if you really are getting worked up about this and you're an MSU fan, you just you need to simmer. Yeah. You need to go sit in the corner, stare at the wall, think about some stuff because down, for for a couple of reasons. First, overarching over anything else is that. Michigan State went three and nine last year. Just think of, I mean, the fact that Michigan State's back in a bowl game was something that was very, very far, as we have covered here ad nauseum, very far from guaranteed coming into the year. So the fact that MSU is in a bowl game at all, mm-hmm. amazing. Phenomenal. Huge step forward for the program. Um, B, this isn't a this isn't a sugar bowl situation. This isn't a New Year's Six game. Michigan State didn't get left out of the playoff. They got picked. They got snubbed by the friggin' Outback Bowl. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah, the game's not on New Year's Day. Uh, okay. Most games aren't. Most games are not on New Year's Day. And does that does that really mean anything? Now that there's the New Year's Six, like technically, great. You're playing on New Year's Day. That's that's cool. I mean, like you don't have to work that day. I think it's. I think it's. Um, I get. I get. I get. Hang with me. I get <laughs> why out, the Outback Bowl picked Michigan. Now, That's let, the let third me, point. Let me tell you why. You're gonna make my third point. Let me tell you why. I'm gonna throw. It's not because you know. Yeah, they're gonna say. Well, they'll never say it. But the reason you know, is, it's money and in and, and fan bases. It's like, no, the reason they picked them is because it made a lot more sense for to have. Not one, but two second fiddle state <laughs> programs in the same game. You see, South Carolina's second fiddle to Clemson, and it just made sense to have another unranked second fiddle team play against them because that they just would it would make more sense. It's about symmetry. Yeah, you don't want to have Michigan State there because then you just have like this dominating factor, and like South Carolina already feels inferior. Because you know they're already, they are they, they are the inferior team in South Carolina, the state of. Now they get to at least be like, oh man, hey, look across the line and be like, I get it, man. We both. Yeah. All you gotta do, all you gotta do when you're thinking about this is look at a blooming onion. Blooming onion. Are blooming onions crooked? No, they're symmetrical. Right down the middle. Right down the middle. Same on both sides. And candidly, and in this matchup. And candidly, and and here's another thing. I don't want to state something. Maybe an unpopular opinion. Uh, I know you have really strong feelings about Outback Steakhouse. I do. A, as a restaurant. I mean, here's my opinion on Outback Steakhouse. I'm not going to. Go What there. do people say? Ban, ban or boycott? Out, boycott Outback? I don't, okay, I think that was kind of. Nah, a man. I don't even know. But here's, here's the thing. I got gift cards coming my way. We're close to Christmas. Think, think about this. Outback Steakhouse is a thing that I don't think people. People don't go there a lot, right? But, <laughs> I hope not. Right, right. But then they're like, in your head, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure, that, yeah, that'll be, that's good, that's good. <laughs> and then you go, and then you leave, and you say to yourself, like, you're mildly disappointed, and you're like, I remember that being better, bef- like, in the past. And it makes sense that why they would pick Michigan football. 
Right? Yeah. It's the same exact thing. You're like, you kind of, because from a national perspective, you're like, oh yeah, Michigan football, I don't really, yeah, they, they, it's good. They used to be good. No, but they're like, no, that's good. That's good. And then they mm. then they watch or see or they experience it. And they're like, I remember that being better. <laughs> And so it makes so you see how it makes it sense is, that they it is very them. on brand. I just that's what I get I get it Outback Steakhouse Bowl or whatever you Outback I, I get it. That's so I'm that's, that's all I have to say about that. That was bowl. that felt good. Okay, so you know let's talk about the other um, potential snubs that took place in the college football yeah. playoff. So that was a fun little undercard. Really, at the end of the day, every these are undercards. Yeah, it is. We, we're going to have our fun. They're going to have theirs and those fans get to say what they want to say and it's stupid um but the 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 big show which uh our spartans were a part of not very long ago nope. um which is fun mm-hmm. uh is is the college football playoff now the the four teams that got in were clemson mm-hmm. oklahoma georgia and alabama Bama. now yes paul uh <laughs> there was there was some some uncomfortability among certain uh, factions that uh, felt like some other teams, you know, maybe should've. maybe should have gotten in. Yeah, and we were gonna yell no matter what. Right, so, well, like, that's so, kind of the- everyone's gonna be mad. The whole point of sports is to make people Yelling. mad. It's not to make people happy. No one is happy. It's to have one group of fans be happy and literally everybody else. Be <laughs> and, the, and I would say the playoff committee nailed it. Yeah. So I, we all I got think, to be mad I think, online. I think they nailed it. <laughs> so the obvious gripe here is with uh, Bama. They're the only non-conference champion to make it. They lost the last game they played in. Um, I haven't won a, a, power, they, against a team against Power 5 since over 11. Yeah, and they beat Florida State, who won four games, four games, five games. Or did Florida State win six? Oh, Florida State made a bowl game? Okay, well, it really doesn't matter. I thought they won four games. Uh, Either way, they lost their quarterback in that game, DeAndre Francois. Can't really hold that against Bama, but it is true that they haven't really beaten. Their their competition is not uh, all that stellar. You're not any good. Well, the SEC SEC is just, honestly, is down. There's really not many good teams in the SEC. But then you could say, like, yeah, well, they have two teams in the playoff. Well, so. <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, I think the playoff committee, my opinion is that they got it right. Okay. Now, the biggest snub everyone's going to say is Ohio State. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you why you're wrong. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. Hit me. First of all, I don't think that any team, and now correct me if I'm wrong, but no team that has two losses has ever made it. Is that true? I'm almost positive here. Okay, so I'm going to pretend like I'm definitely true. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that if you lose two games, you should get in. Yeah. End of story. End of story. No, I I don't believe that a two-loss team should get in, even if you win your conference championship. So first of all, that's one reason Ohio State's out. The other is that not only did you lose two games, Mm -hmm. but the way you lost your two games and the circumstances and the score Mm – is another reason why you shouldn't be in. You lost at home mm-hmm. to Oklahoma. Now that's not Oklahoma's a number two seed. That's a damn good team. But you lost at home to them. Yep. And then the second point is your second loss on the road at Iowa in a vacuum, an excusable loss. But a not as a second loss and not by thirty points. You can't give up fifty five at Iowa as your second loss and tell me that you're a playoff team. I just don't buy it. Like you have uh, the thing is, but everybody's going to come back to with Ohio State and they're going to. This is why they'll be mad 
at the Alabama reasoning mm-hmm. because Ohio State talent wise is undoubtedly to me one of the four best teams in the country. I I, I definitely think they yeah. are. I'd put them talent wise over Oklahoma. Okay, personally. Uh, and every bit as much as Georgia and Bama and Clemson. But you can't lose those games. And I guess the argument for Bama is like, well, they're one of the four best teams. But And a lot of that comes down to brand and talent. And Ohio State has the brand and Ohio State has the talent. But guess what? In this matchup with Alabama, you had one more loss. And so it's it was over. two. And it's done. I mean, I don't even, you don't even have to go it's deeper than that. Done, I mean, you, you lost to an unranked team mm-hmm. on the road by 30 points. Yep. To me, that's, that is – and it wasn't like it was early in the season. The committee has proven that if you lose early, uh, and now apparently with Bama, if you lose late, it doesn't really matter that mm-hmm. much. But you can't lose in the middle of the season with the Big Ten Championship in your sights by 30 on the road. I'm sorry. It just can't happen. You're right. And, and you know it's even – so we hit it. I, I agree with you. I, th- the, I think the college, uh, the committee got it right. And if for anyone who also feels that Ohio State got snubbed, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw out some, some thoughts. And you can still be mad online if if you want afterward. But then you're double wrong because <laughs> which might make you right. Interesting. <laughs> so, Something to think about. If anyone had a gripe, a two loss team had a gripe to get in the playoff. The more uh, the more decorated team could be argued was the USC Trojans. I don't even think it's an argument. They won their conference. So Ohio State, you want to hang your hat on winning a conference championship. Oh, well, USC did that. So you're even. Uh, the losses. Oh, well, um, USC got blown out too. They, lo- they lost by 35 or whatever it was. Yeah, well, they did it against uh, at Notre Dame. Not not Iowa, mm-hmm. so equal. They're not equal losses. They no. have a better blowout loss. Than <laughs> and what was their other loss was at Washington State, who we get to play by three. You know, Ohio State's other loss was to, at home. At home to a very very good Oklahoma team, but by fifteen. So in my head, those are pretty similar, and probably Ohio State's is more egregious. To well, lose by 50. I mean, you Ohio State lost by a combined, like, 50 points. Yeah, like, so, I, I realize that, ba- or that, no, that USC's is only 30-something. Listen, neither is good. You don't, mm-hmm. And the reason why neither of them are in is because you got blown out exactly. by one team. So it's dumb. End of story. So I guess what I'm getting at is, Ohio State, you don't get to have a gripe. Because if anyone gets to have a gripe, USC has one over you. Yeah. And they don't belong in. No, I think that's important to say. (laughs) Yeah, like even you look, I mean, I guess when you're talking about the blowout part of it, like, yeah, Georgia got blown out, but then they won the SEC. And they lost one game. You can survive one loss. But who did they lose to? Auburn. Right. Who did they beat? Auburn, right? They so avenged I think their totally only redeems loss. themselves. Right. It's kind of it's okay. I mean, really, the other it, I think if people want to get mad about some team making it, I mean, Clemson lost to Syracuse. And you know what? One thing, and no, not excusable. But that's a bad loss. It was on a Thursday night. What's your backup quarterback too? By the way, on the road. I mean, it's not okay, but I mean, like more egregious things have been done. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't excuse it. They shouldn't have. But guess I mean, what? They're still the. Clearly, the best resume. Yeah, even with that, that's how kind of yeah. messed up. And the and, and I don't think that you listen. I think with a four, there is always going to be gripes, whether whether the system expands or not. Um, 
as to who the last two seeds are. There's there's gripes with the last four teams in the NCAA tournament that has 68 teams and now. It's going to happen no matter what. Exactly. But um, especially with this with with these four teams, it's just never going to be perfect. I the John and I were talking about it before we started recording. I personally, I would I think the logical next step from a from a fairness point and from a money point, which the NCAA uh, at the end well, of the day is kind of that's their thing, mm-hmm. um, is to add four more teams and go to an eight game playoff. Sure. Because at that point, you kind of cast a lot of these arguments aside exactly. because you go with the five conference champions. Boom, done. Auto bids. You know they could end up being seeds three, four, five, and six yeah. or whatever. It, they don't have to be the top five seeds, nope. but they might be technically the road team, but. You get them in, and then you essentially get three at-large teams. And this year, if you're looking at that, you get your five conference champions, which you've got Ohio State, Georgia, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, USC, and who am I missing? Clemson. Mm -hmm. And then your three teams after that, probably Bama, probably Ohio State. And then the last one is where you get – Well, not Ohio State, but Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Not Ohio State is a champion. Oh, that's right. Ohio State is a champion. So the third would be potentially USC. USC. And UCF. US, and that's the controversy. So yeah. the controversy boils down to those last two at-larges. But I think the point is you're getting more of the teams that deserve to be there. You're not leaving out any – at an eight-seed playoff, you're not leaving out any obvious mm-hmm. teams that deserve to be there. And this year I don't think you left out any obvious ones anyway. But like, if you really want to get rid of all of the major doubt, you probably expand. That's just me. And I would love it. More football – more big games, big matchups, and yeah. big situations. Like, I'm all for it. But um, I really think that at the end of the day, the the committee got it right. There was no obvious candidate beyond Alabama. Had there been, I think they probably would have jumped Bama. Yeah. But and we like we said, when your best team easily on paper is Clemson, and and you know, Georgia is close, and both have pretty like, and like Clemson has a bad loss. Like, that's how crazy this season. There was no, right. like, dominant walk through the season, wire no. to wire. And there weren't even a handful. It was just... It was crazy. That's okay. That's okay. It's not a bad thing. And we got, we don't, we got two really good games out of it. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Oklahoma-Georgia is a great game. And, and we... Yeah. Both will be fun. Clemson-Alabama, you don't think there's any bad luck oh, from last year? It's so, a three-peat, right? Yeah. So, you know, it'll be... And we will, we will dedicate more time to these bowls, not this week. Soon. Soon. Teaser, but you want a quick. You want a quick. Just touch base on the other Big Ten teams. Won't well, yeah. We'll de- well, this is this is just us goofing around. Let's just say what the are, other Big Ten. The other goals. things that are happening. So um, to start, uh, we'll go in order of date. date. Uh, Iowa takes on Boston College in the Pinstripe Bowl. This is a game that's happening, and I love it because <laughs> we're, guys soak it all in. Because it will be over soon. Right. Take your football. Don't complain big, about it. As, as Big Cat would say. Yeah. <laughs> take, take your football. Um, I will say that uh, Jim Delaney is probably thrilled to have Iowa playing a game at Yankee Stadium. That's as far as I'm willing to go. Hey, man. I know, you know how bummed Iowa fans are that they're like, they still like save up all their disposable income money, you know, to go to like a bowl destination, you know? And they, yeah. It's not like a knock. That's what everyone does, right? And they're like, oh, I guess our. Winter thing is to New York City. Yeah, so now we get to go to a place that's colder than yeah. Iowa. <laughs> cool. 
I'm so happy. It'd that be a we cool ex- place to go. I mean, no, it'd be a it fun game be. to see, but it's yeah. I kind of feel bad for Boston College. Like, oh, could we go to New York? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the next one. Purdue uh, versus Rich Rod's Arizona Wildcats yeah. in the Foster Farms Bowl. Sure. Hey, um, also a game. And, also a game. And, but I think the 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 underlying um, subplot here is that you know Michigan has a chance to have a win against a team with a winning record if mm-hmm. Purdue wins. A regular it. season win. Yeah, they need Purdue. They do. They'll be big Boilermaker fans that day. The only option they have mm-hmm. so. and the team that john o'corn looked the best against weird yeah they must not be that good um the next game next game we got the dowel bowl Ooh. northwestern versus kentucky the two schools that the dowel twins were committed to before committing to michigan state you're welcome a uh, real cat fight wow <laughs> uh, the claws will be out in this one so the music city bowl which i want to quick say i would love to play in the Music City Bowl. Have you ever been to Nashville? Oh, Nashville's a good time. Yeah, man. That'd be fun. That huh? would be fun. And yeah. like not too I'm down. far, but also from the Midwest. I don't know where everyone's listening from, but also like still warm. Oh, yeah. You know, so like... Dude, and, Nashville's awesome. And the city is awesome. And if you want to hear Fishing in the Dark a thousand different times, the, the country song, go into literally any bar and there will be someone playing it. That's... Something to think about. So... And good food. So next year, we semi-tank-ish if we're getting too good to, yeah. le- to get to Nashville is what I'm hearing. I have no objection. Well, I have some objections. But, but it's a good consolation. I would go for another game. Hey, quick thing. Uh, and we'll talk about this more later, but a fun fact. Kentucky, who the Northwestern's playing against, you'd think would have a huge home field advantage in this game. Mm-hmm. Well, probably not because the proximity, you would think so. But Kentucky plays Louisville and Hoops at home on the same day. Yeah, that's going to be a tough sell for BBN. BBN's locked up. Yeah, I, I mean, they. you got to think that literally like the day training camp starts, they shut it down on the football season. Yeah, I would love to see the attendance figures. I'll get them. Okay. Oh, I'll get them. <laughs> we'll look into that. Even All though right. they're inflated. Some big <laughs> ones coming up here. Yeah, now we get to actually the entertaining ones. So December 29th, the Ohio State Buckeyes take on the uh, – the so Trojans. The, the, Trojans the two teams about. we just talked about. Interesting. So they can duke it out on who yeah. got snubbed less. Uh, this will be the team. I think this one's kind of like whoever shows up. Like, who cares? Like, which one of these teams genuinely care? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because neither team really wants to be in the combo. Like, they both came into this season with legitimate yeah. playoff. They were probably in most preseason. All, both of them were yeah. in everyone's top four. So, you got to wonder a couple things. I kind of think... Ohio State has an advantage because, A, I think they're a better team, and B, it's JT Barrett's last game. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like he's going to come out and try to light the world on fire. What about Sam Darnold's last it game? It might be Sam Darnold's last game, too. So that's it's very plot. possible. That's so we'll get to that one. Later. Yeah. I don't want to get too far. I'm excited for that game. We could go I, all day. Honestly. I just hope they both come to play. Me, too. Because if they if they both show up and are, are spirited, like that's a damn Great. good game. That's one of the best. That's, that's probably a- the best non playoff. Oh, absolutely. Unless maybe. Unless yeah. The next one, Penn State Washington, will be a great time too. Do not expect much defense in this game. I don't want it. <laughs> this is air raid versus air raid. I mean, this is this is another really fun one. And I feel like every year the Fiesta Bowl 
ends up being like the crazy bull. A fiesta. <laughs> really, really, really well done. Um, and it'll always be the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl to me. Yeah, and we're not letting Tostitos right I'm now. I'm not going to let PlayStation jump in and just take this from And me. also, like, you know that someone, like, the Tostitos brand manager is like, yes! yes. <laughs> one shout-out! Score another one. One impression. <laughs> um, so I'm excited for that one. Browning and uh, Trace McSorley, both fun players. This exactly. is Saquon's last ride, so... Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely Saquon's last For ride. sure. I just hope these exhibitions, and this is kind of obvious, I just really hope no one gets hurt. Yeah, that's true. No, I mean, no, like, for real. In this game a couple years ago, Jalen Smith tore up his knee. and Jake Butt last year. Jake Butt, yeah. I mean, man. So that's that's an interesting thing that we could talk about on another pod, but uh, I bet you're going to see that rash of, of guys that are going to the draft. We're going to set out. I wouldn't be surprised if Saquon, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Saquon Barkley sits out. I hope not. I don't want that to happen because he's such a fun player to watch, but I I won't be surprised. I also won't be mad if he does. No, not at all. You can't hold that against players either. Wisconsin, uh, Miami, Florida. Another kind of two teams that are disappointed right now. Yeah. On one side, this is a this is literally a home game for Miami. It's being played in their home stadium, <laughs> yeah, is. which is hysterical. That's lame, um, man. So that's a big deal, I feel like. But I also think that Wisconsin is going to be the more motivated team in this game, and they are going to be the better team in this game. Um, we can dive into this later, but I, I don't think Rogier is a turnover machine. The the quarterback for mm-hmm. Miami um, and Wisconsin's yeah. got a damn good defense. They so do. I think they have an advantage going into that one, but it's like, okay, you get to play at Miami. Oh, cool. <laughs> have fun. <laughs> I mean, like, how cool would it be? And this is just a pipe dream, but like, man, how about a home and home or like, a, like in soccer they have legs. Yeah, you know, like it's like aggregate score. I want Miami to have to come up and play in camp. Oh Randall. man, well Miami will be coming to cold weather when they play. No, well, but I, I want it to like, mat- you know what I mean? Like, I want. Them oh to yeah, be, it'd be awesome. All things equal here, man. That rematch? Yeah, I'm in. But but they oh. Anyway. I want this. But then the no, last game, fun. January 1st, um, is Michigan versus the South Carolina Gamecocks. Yep. You said it. Two-second fiddle program. Two-second fiddle. I love these obnoxious trolls. It's just so much fun. Um, and then, you know. This will be a really boring game. If you, this is going to be a terrible game. If you choose to watch this game, you I promise you, you will be provided a endless loop of Jadavian Clowney. On beheading, that might be worth clear. watching the beginning of the game because they will show that, as and you get should. to see those embarrassing Michigan jerseys that they wore in that game. The trash jerseys, a bad team, and a guy and a left tackle. I think that was Taylor Lewan. It was getting punked. I don't know if it was him or like I'm sure there was some misread, but like Javion Clowney providing one of my favorite gifts that I've ever seen. Um, Javion Clowney. Good. Good. Good at <laughs> good at sports. Good at the football. Michigan should win this game probably, yep. but. Uh, I mean, if you're 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 probably rolling with O'Corn or if I was them, I wouldn't play Peters. I, I don't want to risk it. I don't care. Oh, I'm, I'm not letting my guy get hurt. Austin, didn't you hear? Or will they have a new quarterback? Mm, will Shea Patterson be transferred in time to play in this game? Puke. Whatever. So uh, that's interesting, Austin. That this we're um, talking about this school yeah, in particular. Cr- well, because it, we only landed on them last because it was chronological and the games times being played. But it's true. It's really interesting because. Uh, when D'Antonio was asked um, about the Holiday Bowl, um, one potential of the re- snub. Yeah, potential snub. One of the reporters asked him about said snub in regards to Michigan, and uh, D'Antonio responded by saying he's going to focus on what he can focus on, which is winning against Washington State and continue to beating Michigan. 
said, I'll worry about beating Michigan. Okay. So um, with that, uh, apparently Jim Harbaugh, uh, head coach at University of Michigan, took some umbrage to that yeah. and, and decided rather than have a conversation or handle it like an adult, he would go straight to the Twitter. Mm-hmm. And um, Twitter he did. And he he uh, decided to um, – and by the way, not at Mark D'Antoni. No, self-tweet hard. That's so lame. It wasn't even necessarily a subtweet. Like he didn't say Coach D, but – So just at him. At Do me, Do you though. even know how to at oh, me, though? Can you imagine if he would have responded and said at me, though? That, you should have. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, man. Don't talk I would have driven East Lansing to find Mark and give him a big hug. Don't talk about me. No. Keep my name out of your mouth. Yeah. I want to be very clear. And that's not hypocritical. D'Antonio was asked a question about Michigan. Yeah. And then Harbaugh went and decided to put D'Antonio's name in his mouth. Well, now it becomes a thing. It gives you a little bit about Twitter fingers, right? Yeah. So I'm going to set something up. Because, Austin, I know that you've been, you've been wanting to have... Maybe you just want to I mean, air, air your thoughts on this. Yeah, I, uh, I've i gone in on Michigan before. So I want to, I want to, what I want to do, I'm going to set a parameter for you. I'm going to give you... I'm only going to give you a little bit of amount of time. I'm give you 60 seconds. And in that 60 seconds, you can say whatever comes to your mind feels right to you. And I'm not going to talk over you, but if there's any salient points that I feel that I can add, um, please do. You, I might jump in. So with that being said, uh, go crazy. Your 60 seconds, if you'd like, begins now. Yeah, I'm taking all of it. Um, so I'm just going to read the tweet. Saw Coach D comments on continuing to quote unquote focus on how quote unquote he can beat Michigan. Congrats on turning around a three and nine team plagued with off field issues. Good for the big to have him back. <sighs> I just I, where do I even start? This tweet is so perfect, Harbaugh. He loves to talk. The University of Michigan loves to talk. And then when you point at the record books, it's nothing there. The emperor has no clothes. This guy, to this point, to this point. Is a fraud. When will Michigan realize that everything that they do, that somehow they mention Michigan State, just fuels everything that Michigan State has ever stood for? What has D'Antonio said forever that Michigan fans love to make fun of about the chip on the shoulder, about the little brother shit? Listen, by doing things like this, you are enabling everything that has brought you down. You are creating, you are giving credence to this mythical chip that Mark D'Antonio always loves to talk about. This is your doing. Mm -hmm. Without Goliath, there can be no David. Without your evil, there can be no good. Like, you have created a world in which, through your own arrogance, you have enabled another program to come back, dominate you. Mm -hmm. And even though they have dominated you, you're still going to pretend like that didn't happen. So for me, thank you. No, seriously, thank you, Coach Harbaugh. Thank you. And can... The longer you continue to live in your false reality, the longer we get to keep beating your ass. <laughs> so thanks for playing. So yeah, and, and I just I want to say one other thing quickly about about this the the Michigan things that I've seen on Twitter recently because it's funny. Uh, people keep claiming five turnovers in the rain is somehow as an excuse. If your team turns the ball over five times, that's no one else's fault. <laughs> it's not my fault. You suck. <laughs> Dude. I mean, what's wrong with that? I mean, it's not my, it's not our fault that your quarterback is horrendous. You want to say, oh, we have a bad quarterback. Okay. Is that an excuse? 
Your excuse is that your program is not good enough to have a quarterback ready to go and your starter goes down. It's it's an interesting strategy to talk trash to another coach about rebounding to having a better <laughs> record than you and then cite the things that would have made it harder, yeah. the off-field problems. So you basically just said, like, hey, congrats on being a better coach than me. Yeah, in trying to be, <laughs> sar- in trying to to be sarcastic and snarky and feed your fan base, you actually gave D'Antonio some of, like, the highest praise you could give him. And he has Not no- that he's asking for it. And the best part, he has no idea he did it. No. So um, we will talk more about that bowl game, uh, this rivalry, and uh, the Michigan State football game against Washington State more next week. But a few other things happened around Mm -hmm. the Michigan State world that I wanted to touch on. Um, We usually talk about hoops in football here, but uh, I might start doing just some some random updates here from other programs that Mm -hmm. I like to follow, and I hope maybe you start to as well. Uh, I'll start with Michigan State women's hoops team. Uh, special, Special spot in my heart for them. Uh, used to help them out when I was at school at Michigan State. Uh, they didn't need my help, but I liked it. <laughs> right now they're five and two. Dropped one in Oregon uh, to UConn by like thirty four, but like so did that. So does everyone. I mean, like if Whatever. you lose to UConn by less than fifty, I feel like you kind of t- kept them close. Well, if you don't lose to UConn by fifty, did you really experience it? <laughs> it's like, it's did like, you even play? Yeah, was it worth it? And then they uh, similarly uh, took on Notre Dame tonight and um, number three Notre Dame and and also got waxed. Um, (laughs) But that's where they are, uh, which is a top-ish fringe top 25 team. Tournament team. We can talk more about my thoughts on that program at another time. But their update is that they're 5-3 and on the year, two losses to number one and number three team in the country. MSU Hockey. Um, this was supposed to be, this is not supposed to be, this was year one of a brand new era, um, mm-hmm. a new head coach, and they are ahead of schedule. Um, currently seven, eight, and one on the year with some really nice results against some really good teams so far. Um, tying and even winning against ranked programs, um, powerhouse programs that you read about or hear about in the hockey world all the time. It's not going to be a national championship year. But it's promising to see um, some results, not just moral victories, actual victories on mm-hmm. this. Yeah, especially after how badly they have bottomed out. And I know a lot of the Michigan State, including some of the TOC writers and previous writers, um, the diehards are just like devastated at the point the program's gotten to. But hiring a Danton Cole appears to be kind of already paying dividends big time. Yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep monitoring and keep you up to date if you're not doing it on your own um, every once in a while. The one that I'm really excited about, I'm really excited to share with everyone, <laughs> MSU Volleyball Program. Perennially, a very it's a great program. Not all people know this. The Big Ten Conference, if you didn't know, is the premier volleyball conference, surpassing the Pac-12 in recent years. The number one team in the country, undoubtedly, um, is the Bama of football, is Penn State women's volleyball. Just dominant. And um, we have more than held our own against them and other programs in the Big Ten that are also perennially very strong. This is how strong the Big Ten is this year. We finished fourth, went 23-8 on the year, 14-6 in conference, and eight teams were selected um, to play in the NCAA tournament. It is now in the Sweet 16. Six Big Ten teams are in the Sweet 16. It's pretty good. Think about that if this were basketball. 
Yeah, that's insane. People would go nuts. And I think that even happened with the ACC recently. Yeah, I think recently one of them. And we all went crazy because it was like, this is nuts. Yeah. Okay, so that being said, we weirdly have a Big Ten matchup in the Sweet 16. <laughs> we just took down Missouri State and Creighton. Next up is this Friday against uh, Illinois. Uh, 2 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN3, if you want to see The Trace. The Trace. <laughs> exactly. The Trois, if I'm friends. <laughs> if MSU wins, and it's a big F, but if they win, they will play the winner of number one Penn State versus Missouri. On Saturday at 8 p.m., which will be on ESPNU. Wow. Actually, that's going to be on TV. No, U. Oh, so, you probably get some good uh, Gotham Steel Pan commercials in that one. Hey, man. I'll take them. I'm in. I'm in just for the commercials. So uh, the game, both the uh, game will be played at State College. Penn State is hosting Ooh. the uh, what's called the Super Regional. Um, they'll be playing Missouri, and their first game will be playing uh, Illinois, and then the winner plays the next day. That said, uh, Sweet 16. I don't care the sport is a hell of an accomplishment. That's exciting. And even in and from ceiling is the roof. The yeah, ceiling is the roof. So excited. So. Um, Keep keep your at the very least follow him on Twitter. Yeah, get Twitter up. Do it. Um, last week we're gonna do. Last week we invented. We had a new <coughs> a new uh, mm-hmm. what do you want, segment. A thing sure. that we started, and uh, it's kind of a fun question. We want to get more people involved in interacting on the Twitter.com. Mm-hmm. So last week's question uh, was about uh, deciding who is your favorite or excuse me least favorite uh, basketball player that was not on a rival team and was not a first team all. Mm-hmm. Allison, you you had to think about it for a while. I did, but there was, you got some pretty good responses on this. One. I did. Uh, shouts out to a couple different people. Sarah G on Twitter said Taylor Battle. I know we kind of dropped that early, but she was good enough to to come back with us uh, for that one. Um, and then also Josh, I don't know how to say your last name, man. I think it's Zerbicki, something like that. Starts with a D. You're always really good about responding to our questions. Um, but he said. He asked if Ted Valentine counted. Great answer. Phenomenal answer. <laughs> and uh, yes. And I won't answer that like with that because I j- you deserve the credit for it. But uh, <laughs> that is a phenomenal answer. There's nobody I hate. And in that ma- for that matter, Dan Dockich counts too. Oh, yeah. Everybody hates Dan Dockich. Absolutely. Yeah, Dan, I, you're probably listening. We all hate you. Um, well, if someone <laughs> says his name or types his name, yeah. he will find it. Absolutely will find it. So we're talking, Dan. Um, so I kind of thought about this one for a little bit and, you know, obviously watching the big 10 more often than any other conference, I came up with a couple, Hit me. uh, Northwestern's John Sherna, <laughs> the push shot. I hated him. <laughs> oh no! I hated him because I am, I'm 99% sure he was on the team that beat Michigan state when they played at Northwestern. I believe Draymond was on the team. I think it was Draymond senior, oh, okay. senior year, maybe. Okay. Um, they rubbed you the wrong it way. It was infuriating. I was at, <laughs> oh, it was just awful to watch in person. And he was so good. He was yeah. like very good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, uh, it's awful. The, the worst guys for me are the ones that are really good from uh, like mediocre programs that mm-hmm. give your big time program like unnecessary amounts of str- of grief. Okay. That, he, he was the king. Another one I couldn't stand was Brian Butch. From Wisconsin, oh, okay. people probably remember mm-hmm. Brian Butch, mm-hmm. one of the many Wisconsin players who looks exactly the same. Um, he is one of them again, and not because he was good. He wasn't good. He was supposed to be good, but he just, just always, uh, 
always rubbed me the wrong way. You going back to Scherner real quick? Do you know he's the all-time leading scorer in Northwestern? History? Oh yeah, he was really good. Yeah, I like he's a really good. Remember him being really, really good and just annoying. Oh well, here's probably the biggest one, and I don't think he was an All-American. Was Mitch McGarry? No, he's on a rival man. Oh shit! I forgot about the rival. Okay, I guess Brian Bush doesn't count either. Then, man, you got a lot of parameters. Two, two oh. parameters. Two is too many. Okay, so uh, okay, so you did a good job. You got a couple good answers. Sure, not is is a good. One. That's a great answer. So, new question this week. I want everyone to take a long, hard think about it. Don't mm. you know? Don't hurt in. yourself. Yeah, jump in. In the spirit of taking on the Southern Utah Thunderbirds this week. What is your favorite non-Spartan unique collegiate nickname? Um, I think well, it's it, I have a couple. Yeah, uh, you can have many. My favorite, one of my favorites is the uh, the Hilltoppers. Oh, Western of Kentucky. Uh, Western Kentucky. Okay, but I think the really, really the best one is the UC Santa Cruz Banana Slugs. Banana Slugs are great, man. Yeah, it's. I just still have always had a soft spot in my heart for that. I used to have a shirt with a banana slug on it. Really yeah. felt good about that. Got a little small, so couldn't quite wear that one anymore. <laughs> they do that. It's not you. Uh, it's the dryer. Man. Right. I, it happens to me, too. That, I get it. It has nothing to do with gaining weight. And the, and the same... So with this question, I'll let... Um, similarly, if you have a favorite mascot, too. Mm. Oh, uh, well, the that's really where the Hilltopper See, stands that's, out. that's the thing. He is... The best. I love when he eats all of the pom pom. Because he's not anything. <laughs> he's just a big red blob. It's no, it's, no, Austin. He tops hills. It's true. <laughs> he is a top of hill. I love that. It just doesn't make any sense, and that's the beauty of it. Um, any others? You had two. I don't know. You're... In terms of like other. No, was, you don't have to answer. It's just there are just so many. I also love. I mean, the North or South Dakota? Is it South Dakota? The South Dakota Jackrabbits. I think it's the South Dakota State. South Dakota State, yeah, love that one too. It's a great one. That's a classic. So hit us with yours. There's yeah. no wrong answer here. No, there's really um, not. Looking forward to seeing some. Usually it's the smaller schools. The Mean Green, the North oh, Texas Mean really Green. Good. I love the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. Oh, that's a really good one. The Tulane Green Wave. And their new logo. Oh, the actual wave. Yeah, it's yeah, so good. Really good. So, Ooh, yeah, you got me thinking. Now. And don't and don't limit yourself if you don't feel like it. You don't have to limit yourself to Division One. No, heck. Get Let's get down. weird. Go to the bison. I love. Uh, was it North Dakota? State? I, I want to hear like the division three weirdest stuff you can. Please think of. find us with the weirdest things you can. Cool. Cool. Well, guys, thanks for sticking with us. Um, for John Kirby, this has been Austin Smith, and this has been another episode of the Only Podcast. We will talk to you guys next week. Go green. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.